Okay, thank you, Lord. Okay, I've got one more, and this is more of a general one, and Malcolm already touched on it this morning. If you are a person at the moment that is due for a promotion, if you are due for a pay rise, and I know there's people working way below what, what their value is and what they're meant to be paid for, okay? There's people, okay, there's, there's promotion, there's pay rise, there's, there's increase in influence in your workplace as well. Um, and, and I sense God is saying, get ready, it's going to happen next year. You will see a shift in how you are perceived and valued by the people in your workplace and in your business and what you're, and what you're working and, um, and so I just want to say that um, it's part of, I suppose, what I'm going to preach because that's how you will lay hold of that, okay? But um, don't ever value yourself by um, what people pay you or what people, you know, um, because your value, can, well, to be honest, nobody can pay with this, in this world, with this world system, what your value, what your value is, because you are, you are far more valuable to God than what the world can ever pay you and give you. Okay. Um, and I also believe there's going to, and this is a bold one, people are going to get married next year. There is a blessing, there's a blessing for marriage on next year, 2017. So, um, if you're not in a, if you're not in a relationship now and not even engaged, you better get ready because it's going to happen really quickly. Okay. And, um, because you know what? God delights, God delights in giving us the desires of our heart. And a lot of people have a desire to be married and have a family. And I know some of you are here that I know it personally for as well. So, God is saying there'll be marriages and there's probably even going to be more babies. Okay? Because babies are a sign of life and God wants to release the life into this community. So, um, yeah. So, that is just um, whew, what I got when I was praying. Um, this word that I got, I hope you can follow me because it's it's kind of it's in my spirit, and I said to a friend of mine this week, it's like fire shut up in my bones. And when I was trying to actually put it on paper, I just couldn't do that very well. So I'm just going to read a few scriptures. So follow me. We're going to read a, quite a few scriptures to start off with, and then hopefully I'll, um, I can expand on that in what God wants to say. Genesis 12, verse 2. Verse 2. We have, we have this man Abram emerging all of a sudden. Looks like in the scripture, um, out of nowhere, but he's part of the line of descent from Shem. And so he's mentioned in the genealogy in um, chapter 11. But then God calls him. And in verse 2, God makes him a promise. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. 
all the families on earth will be blessed through you. We are blessed because of this man's obedience. Okay? And I want to show you that in Galatians 3 verse 8, Paul writes about, Paul writes about that. Galatians 3 verse 8 says, What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. So there is a, there is a blessing, and the Hebrew word for, for blessing in that sense is actually barak. It means blessing, it means a benefit. I will benefit you. I will bless you so that you can be a benefit to others. And if you think about a benefit, it is often something that is to our advantage. If you benefit from, from something, you, it's to your advantage. And that's God's heart for us. Okay. Turn with me to Deuteronomy verse 30. Sorry, chapter 30 verse 19. Deuteronomy 30, 19. And again, God is saying to Moses, I think it's still to Moses. It says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him and committing yourself firmly to Him and obey the Lord. You will live long in the land, the land swore to give to your ancestors, ancestors Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And turn back just a couple of chapters, Deuteronomy 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set high above all the nation, will set you high above all the nations of the world and you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. And it goes on listing those blessings. I want to encourage you, go home and read it. Okay. Um, God wants to bless us. It, it's his nature that he's a, he's a God that blesses his children. Right through scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, it talks about God blessing us. Psalm 1, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the seat of mockers. You know, and then it goes on, we will be a tree planted by the river, bearing fruit. We are blessed. We are blessed. Okay, let's turn to the New Testament. Just for those of you, who think it's more important to be in the New Testament, which I don't think it is. Jesus talks about God blessing us right at the beginning of his teaching on the Mount of, on the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. And let me read to you. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the earth. 
God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, and for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now, that Greek word, blessed, or God blesses, is makarios. It means supremely blessed, fortunate, happy, well off. Um, when I read it in the Passion Translation, because Jesus spoke in Aramaic, the Aramaic word is tuwehon, tuwehon. I don't know how to pronounce it, but anyway, it's T-O-O-W-A-Y-H-O-N. And that means enriched, happy, fortunate, delighted, blissful, content, and blessed. It it implies great happiness, prosperity, and abundant goodness and delight. So let me read it to you because Brian Simmons, he uses all these words interchangeably for the word blessed. But have a listen to this. What wealth is offered to you when you feel your spiritual poverty? For there's no charge to enter the realm of heaven's kingdom. What delight comes to you when you wait upon the Lord for you will find what you long for. What contentment floods you when gentleness lives in you, for you will inherit the earth. How enriched you are when you crave righteousness, for you will be surrounded with fruitfulness. How satisfied you are when you demonstrate tender mercy, for tender mercy will be demonstrated to you. What bliss you experience when your heart is pure, for then your eyes will, will open to see more and more of God. How blessed you are when you make peace, for then you will be recognized as a true child of God. How enriched you are when you bear the wounds of being persecuted for doing what is right, for that is when you experience the realm of heaven's kingdom. How awesome is that? You know, Jesus here says that when we have certain attitudes and experience certain situations in our lives, we are blessed and God is in it. So yes, that makes sense what Malcolm was saying before, um, that when we do go through, through what seems to be a challenge or a problem or an issue or a situation that could very easily overcome us and overwhelm us, God is in it because we're blessed all the time. We're blessed all the time, but it depends on our attitude. It depends what we choose. Remember in Deuteronomy, it says, I said before you life and death, blessing and curse, now you choose. The choice is ours. Whether we're living a blessed life, the choice is up to us. God always blesses us, and God is with us all the time, and God is in every situation he's with us. But we choose what attitude we will have in regards to um, living out that blessing and experience that blessing. We have to choose to be humble, merciful, pure in heart, etc. Okay. So from the word of God, we read so far that our blessing is dependent on our attitude, but it's also dependent on our obedience. And obedience is the key. Obedience, the word says, is better than sacrifice. It is far more important that you obey God 
than giving him all your money and you disobey. It's far more important that you obey God and you go and feed the poor every day of the week and disobey God. The works count for nothing if we don't obey God. Obedience is the key. It needs to come from the heart. Obedience towards God needs to come from the heart. It's based in love for God and it's based in faith in God. So it's obedience comes because we love God, we want to obey him and we put our faith in him that when we obey, he will bless us and he will help us and he will, he will encourage us and strengthen us and whatever else we need in that situation. We love to please God more than anyone else. Can I encourage you, don't be a man pleaser. A man, a man pleaser, and it comes from usually the fear of man, which is a snare. Don't please men. Be a God pleaser. Please God above all else. Okay, we love to please God more than anyone else. And we need to trust God more than anyone or anything else. Don't put your trust in anything but God. When you have, when you need answers to questions, go to God first. When you need healing, go to God first. When you need encouragement, go to God first. Because God, God can give us everything that we need. We need to trust Him and we need to please Him. Obedience can be very risky. It's uncomfortable sometimes when we obey. Because when God asks us to do things and we need to obey, sometimes they are the kind of things we don't really want to do. It's risky, it's uncomfortable, and sometimes it is outright scary. But the blessings we will receive from God are worth it. Okay. This is our 12th week here since we've emerged as a new community, as a new church. 12 weeks. And this wasn't just a good idea. Okay. We've prayed, we asked God, we followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. It was risky to make such a big change for, for all of us. But I don't know about you, but I already sense and experience the blessing of God on what we're doing. Can I say that we have people, we have ministries and pastors come up to us, to both Mel and I and also to Brad, and they're just shaking their head and they say, how did you do it? How did you do it? How is it, how is it all going? You know, if, every week we get asked, how is it going with your merch? How is it going? And I said, it's going great. It feels seamless. I mean, yes, we have, you know, we have a few challenges. I think um, this building is going to be too small too soon. But anyway, it's, um, that's not a bad challenge to have. But because we followed the leading of the Holy Spirit, and it was risky, and, and I know that some of you, some of you would have had some doubts maybe or some hesitation. And I want to just say to you, 12 weeks into it, and it, it doesn't even feel like two communities anymore. It feels like one community. And that is, that is supernatural. That is God just breathing his blessing on us and, um, and leading us. And I tell you what, it will only increase next year. 
as we continue to obey as God leads us. I believe we will increase in our influence in this city. We will take more territory. And we will be a community that will bring the kingdom of God together with other churches and ministries. Okay. We will, we will be a community being very kingdom-minded, very kingdom-focused. It's not just all about us. Yes, we love you and we care for you, but it's not all about you. Okay, we come together because God has a bigger picture for us. And he wants us to change the community out there. And he wants us to bring the kingdom to the community out there. Okay, so obedience is the key. Obedience to the blessings of God for your life, for this church, is the key. And so those promotions and those pay rises that are going to come are actually going to depend on your obedience to God. And if you, if you hold back, then the blessing will have to wait. The blessing will come when you take that step of obedience to God. Okay, the second key to the blessing is generosity. I want to read to you um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And when you read Corinthians, when you read 2 Corinthians 9, chapter 9, it's all about generosity. And I believe this verse is the New Testament verse for Genesis 12 too. Blessed to be a blessing. So let me read it to you. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Every. Every, all. Some, some scriptures say God going to make all grace abound to you at all times so that in all things you have everything. Okay. That means everything. It means all. Nothing lacking, nothing missing. Okay. And it has to do with generosity. Again, generosity comes from the heart. When you give, it comes from your hand. But generosity comes from what's inside your heart. Our Father in heaven is a generous God. The scripture talks about he lavishes on us. He lavishes his love on us. He lavishes on us. He wants to bless us. He wants to give to us. And it's part of who he is. And if, if it's part of who God is, then it's inside of us as well. There is a seed of generosity in each and every one of you. But again, it comes back to obedience. Are you going to be generous when God prompts you? You know, we as Christians should be the most generous people on the earth. The most generous people we should be. Not withholding, because God never withholds. And if we are like God, or if we're like Jesus and we're like God, then we should be the most generous people on the earth. We should be the happiest people on the earth. Not Disneyland. We are the happiest people in the world. I watched Save Mr. Banks last night, so I have Disney a little bit in my head, so... Anyway, I haven't seen it before. I absolutely loved it. But you know what? Um, we should never be stingy in our attitudes, in our giving, in our generosity towards others. I have a pet hate, or <laughs> it's a strong word, dislike. 
And that is when Christians go to other Christians' businesses and expect stuff for nothing or for less or whatsoever. Guess what? It's their livelihood. Christian businesses, it's their livelihood. It's what puts food on their table. So if you go there and expect things for nothing, well, you rob them of their food on the table, in a sense. We should be the most generous people. Peter, just, Peter, stand up for a moment, mate. Peter just started his own business about a month ago. Okay. He got out of a job that was just absolutely going nowhere and didn't take him anywhere. And so he decided it was time to go and start his own business. Now, it's a business that does um, handy, you know, house, um, yeah, handiwork, um, yard, property maintenance, pool maintenance, okay? If you want to engage him in working for you, don't pay him the price that he tells you. Pay him more, okay? Because you're generous. Unfortunately, Malcolm and I have heard just recently um, from people that we we've been acquainted for for years, and and you know we we knew them quite well a few years ago, and we 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 heard from them that they were that they were involved in. Um, I have to be careful with a Christian business who didn't treat them at all nicely. They were stingy. They were cutting corners. They were being deceitful. They're a Christian business taking advantage of people. Now, that is not right. If you have a Christian business, do the right thing and be generous. If you want to engage in a Christian business, do the right thing and be generous. When you go to a restaurant and the service is exceptional and the waitress or the waiter are really nice to you, give them a tip. Well, we're not American. Well, so what? It doesn't matter. Okay, I had that people say it to me because I've been giving people to oh, we're not American. I said, no, it doesn't matter, but... This girl was really good to us. You know, she, she looked after us. So I want to bless her. That's what we should be like because that's what God is like. Okay, I'm very strong here this morning, but, but I think sometimes we need to have a bit of a kick up our butt because sometimes we forget. Okay, we are committed in 2017 to be a generous community. Okay, I want this to be the most generous church here on the Gold Coast, where we can support other ministries, where we can support missions, where we can support the poor and the needy, and we can, we can be involved in advancing the kingdom. There are many, many things happening on the Gold Coast at the moment, especially with the Commonwealth Games coming. There's an organization called Beyond Gold that draws churches and ministries together to work good. I want to be able to sow into that. So that we can, you know, so that this um, organization can actually have resource and, and have things available that they will need in order to affect and to, to um, take the kingdom into our streets and into our city during the Commonwealth Games. There will be plenty of opportunity for us to show 
of the generosity of God. And that's, and that's all, that's all we want to do. We want, we want to show off our generous God because God is generous. And it's not just financial generosity. I'm not just talking about money here. Okay. It's being generous towards other people, encouraging them, loving on them, being generous with our time, being generous, you know, with, yeah, with words, being generous. And, and drawing the giftings out of them. You know, allowing people, being generous and allowing people to, to exercise their gifts and their callings and whatsoever. So obedience and generosity are key to the blessings and favor in 2017. I want to say that. 2017, the year of tremendous blessing, favor, and victory. And let me just finally say one last thing about victory. Turn with me to Romans 8. Here we go, Sean. That's the scripture God gave me this morning. Romans 8, verse 31. The title in the Passion Translation is The Triumph of God's Love. And it reads, So what does all this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge and has issued his final verdict over them, not guilty. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, for he gave his life for us, and even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us, since he is continually praying for our triumph? Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder, they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all, for God has made us to be more than conquerors, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles, fallen angels, or dark rulers in the heavens. There's nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There's no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love which he lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. God's love is our victory over everything that we will face next year. And I know we've been talking for years, literally, about God loves us. But are we really living in that realm where, God, where we know that God loves us? Because let me tell you, if we live in that realm of knowing, intimately knowing the love of the Father, we'll never ever, 
get into fear again. There's two responses in life to, to life. You either respond to life in fear or you respond to life in love. And I have to be honest, sometimes in my head I go into fear and worry and stress. But I'm learning to more and more respond out of knowing that everything is going to be all right because my daddy loves me. I don't have to fear a thing. And God gives us victory over everything because he demonstrated his love to us. The love we receive from our Father in heaven is the love we are to give away. So 2017, I reckon it's going to be a good year. This year has been really good for Mel and I. We absolutely, we absolutely loved this year. It was about time. We had six years of heartache and challenges. So this year, it was, a, it was a good year this year. But I also know that next year is going to be even better. I know that without a doubt. There is at the moment, and you know, I'm, I've been listening to some of the prophetic voices and messages that have come through for next year. And I know Chuck Pierce said it at our conference in September. There is a window open at the moment in the realm of the heavens. That there's a, there's an open heaven. It started last year. Um, no, it started this year, 16, goes on in 17, and it's going to continue in 18. There's about three years of just an, an atmosphere where there's an open heaven, where I believe God is going to use his church globally. To, to bring an awakening, to bring revival, to bring reformation, whatever it is you want to call it, I believe it's going to be a revolution. And it's going to start, it's going to start with us. It's going to start with his church. And, um, and so I want to encourage you. And um, I want to put something out there for you. Um, I feel that if, if this word has witnessed with you and you really want to lay hold of that for yourself individually, personally, for next year. I want to encourage you to um, to join me and maybe the leadership. I haven't talked to them. I'm I'm sorry, but um, I wanted. We want to do a fast, a seven-day fast in January, from the seventh of January at six p.m. to the fourteenth of January, six p.m. Um, and. We'll discuss that some more as leadership and give you some more details about that. But I really felt very strongly that sometimes prayer and fasting to start the year off is, is, is a good thing because you get yourself, you get yourself right in the spirit of what God wants you to lay hold of, I believe. And so, um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. But obedience, generosity, and the love of God. It's going to bring tremendous blessing to us next year if we choose to do so. And that's all I have to say. So let's just stand together. And if you agree with me, if you agree with me and you want to lay hold of and you want to make a commitment to God that, yes, Father, I want to obey you, yes, Father, I want to be generous. Yes, Father, I want to live in that love that you have for me. That there is nothing that will separate me from that love. 
why don't you just in your heart just make that commitment to Jesus? It's just between you and God. Nobody's going to check up on it. It's just you and God. But God will hear that commitment and God will hear that promise. And I believe that he will encourage you in that and give you strategy and he will give you ideas and he will give you direction on how you will be able to fulfill that promise. Because when you make a promise, then God gives you the grace to fulfill that promise. So, Father, I just want to thank you for every person here today, Lord God. Father, I thank you that we are a blessed people. Lord, because you are a generous God, you are a good God, and we already sang that this morning, Lord God, and we already experienced that this morning. But Father, I just pray that every person that has made that commitment to live a life of obedience and generosity and living loved next year, Lord God, that they would, Lord God, lay hold of, of those things that you have for each and every one of us to do, the callings, the giftings, Lord, the risks that we need to take, Lord, stepping out on the water, Lord, stepping out in faith, Lord, stepping out on, on all that, that you say, and Lord, trusting you in all, that, in all that you want us to achieve next year. Father, for this community, I pray, Lord God, oh, Lord, that you will, Lord God, bring, Lord God, your life. You would, Lord God, bring, Lord God, your glory. Lord, you will cause us, Lord God, to be, Lord God, an influence in this city, Lord God, for your kingdom. Lord, and we pray, Lord God, that you would show us how to do that, Lord God. Lord, more and more, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that, um, that corporately, Lord God, we lay hold, we will lay hold of those things that, um, that you want us to lay hold of and run together in the spirit of unity. Because again, there you command the blessing, life forevermore. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 If you want to have prayer, you're welcome to come forward for prayer. If you have something specific on your heart.